Cage Dobson is the new kid in the neighborhood. His mom's in love with a jerk. I'm going to be your new father, whether you like it or not. He's not doing so well at his new school. Unless your grades improve in math, I may have to fail you. And his overactive imagination is getting him nothing but trouble. Fire! Suspension. Life's not looking so great for Gage. I wish I was dead. To be or not to be? Arriba. Until... Who said that? Me, I did, pal. I'm your new friend. I help, I dazzle, I make better. Roger Corman and New Horizons Home Video bring you the family fantasy adventure, Munchies. The all-star sequel to the video blockbuster, Munchies. Now Munchies come to school to help Gage with a few class projects. Like getting back at the school bully. Geronimo. Helping Gage improve his grade. I think we can do better than that. Abracadabra. Thank you, bunny kicks. And making a fool out of the principal. Honey muffin. Snuggy bear. I'm hot. One large pepperoni pizza coming up. But when Munchie tries to get rid of Gage's evil stepfather, things start to get a little out of hand. I have something I'd like to say to you. This is a lesson in spontaneous combustion. He's been out to sabotage this entire evening. That's ridiculous. You should never ask for anything unless you really want it. So join Munchie and his friends as they soar away on a magical fantasy adventure starring Lonnie Anderson. You give whatever it is back to Gage. Andrew Stevens. I've got arrested. Artie Johnson. Could, could you introduce him to me? Jamie McKinnon. Okay, you got me. Where are the cameras? And Don DeLuise as the voice of Munchie. Hey, sometimes you gotta help people in spite of themselves. Magical. Mystical Munchie. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Namey Network with five more from us. Check out the website, themainnamey.com, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Namey. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hello. Yeah, so this movie, thank you, Ant, took me down a weird rabbit hole of uh, videos of Jennifer Love Hewitt singing. So that was my Monday night after watching. I feel like you couldn't propose that any creepier. I was going to say, quote unquote, <laughs> just, singing. Just videos of Jennifer Love, Love Hewitt sing. singing. At least, I, at least I didn't just say Love Hewitt. That would have made it even weirder. Oh, yeah, that was so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> So I think that we don't have a whole lot to talk about in terms of what we watch. But I know, Dan, you had a question for us. What is it? Yeah, uh, so I saw a question on Twitter, and it was uh, proposed by Scott Weinberg. And we've all watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he asked the question, who is the dumbest character 
on that show? And I'm just curious because I thought I thought it was one answer and like everybody knew it. But there was some there was some discourse on there. And I was curious, who do you guys think is the dumbest character on that show? Right. I mean, it's hard to not say Charlie. The fact that he right is illiterate, you know, everybody else could read. Um, So there's that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, Mac does give him a run for his money. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think that there's another answer. I think it's between those two. Uh, so, d- you could call Dennis a lot of things. He's not dumb. No, no, he's he's too. I think he's too smart for his own good, Dennis. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people were saying Mac because of the religion, like the religious stuff. And to me, it just seems like he's more ignorant than dumb. And there's a difference. Um, because yeah, Charlie, he he has problems understanding regular nomenclature. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, if, for instance, I was watching an episode last night. It was, it was funny because I, I just started re-watching some of the episodes, and uh, the, the, that guy, Scott Weinberg, tweeted about it. So, like, get out of my head, I guess. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he... So, the, they're squashing their beefs with people for Thanksgiving because they have too many beefs around town. Mm-hmm. So, Charlie is li- literally squashing beef beef <laughs> yeah so it was like oh i thought we were like we were doing squash and beef squashing the beef like so like there's that whole it's not even just the, the literacy part which is huge but he uh spaghetti uh what was the one where he he goes to a spa or they're taking him to a spa and he asks if he could bring spaghetti <laughs> really what is your spaghetti policy yeah what is the spaghetti yeah. policy so clearly he's he has to be on the bottom and he yeah. kind of brings Danny DeVito's character down with him, but even Frank, he he's more conniving. He's along the lines of like Dennis, right? But yeah, it just I, to me, I was so shocked that it, anyone thought it was someone other than Charlie. And I just I wanted to see what you guys thought. But was there anyone else that said anybody but Mac? It, it was between Charlie and Mac. Okay, Mac, I can see because um, my only thoughts on Mac is sometimes he doesn't see like the consequences of his ideas, if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, coming up with the Wade Boggs thing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and just all the things. Oh, you know, I think that's his stupidity part is he, uh, you know, will come up with the idea, you know, the faking their death thing mm-hmm. um, and all that, but not really think it all the way through. Sure. While Charlie just has, like, no filter. Like, and it's like you say, kind of an idiot, you know. Yeah. And I mean, there's some of that idiot savant stuff, like the bird law thing and all that stuff. Where that's he, very true. Yeah, where he has like brief moments where him being kind of a moron actually works out um, for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it can't be anybody else but those two. I yeah. Mean, the other three just uh, just tolerate them. <laughs> yeah, I think um, there's also. There's also a a level of um, flexible reality, I think is what they, they kind of call it to describe like uh, kind of the Homer Simpson effect where there'll be moments where he's he's smart and he could tie his own shoes, basically. And then there's some parts where it's like, well, how do you, how did you survive to the age of 36? Uh, you know, <laughs> right. There's, there's like the the episode where uh, it's probably like five or six years ago, the that the episode that was shot in like one take basically. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. like Charlie, Charlie's shining moment. He knows exactly what to do. He's in his element. Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorite and then, episodes. And then the next episode, it's, it might as well be like, well, how didn't he, 
How doesn't he just soil himself at every mo <laughs> moment? Sometimes he does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, I watched two episodes where he does soil himself. One is uh, Charlie McDennis to Electric Boogaloo <laughs> and Ass Kickers United, where they tried to fool him into thinking that the master is visiting him at night. So he wakes up. He's like, is this a dream? I, I don't know. Is it a dream? Am I peeing? I, I, is he peeing? I don't worry about it. Well, I'm peeing, so it's just like, yeah, he's it, he soils himself constantly. So yeah, he's he's more of a child than anything, I guess. But yeah, you're right. Every now and then, like when he's in his element, he will shine a little bit. But it's very very rare. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my answer for that. Um, have you guys watched anything else? No, just always sunny. Gotcha, Mark. Have you not watched anything? No, I've been basically recovering from um you know the weekend with extra yeah, life extra life um i really haven't really watched anything either unless you guys want to talk about the 10 minute all too well music video i watched that because oh, i'm apparently a swifty now you, but you are a hardcore swifty <laughs> you're getting, you, you're getting you emails. Uh, i'm getting yeah i'm getting spotify is uh reaching out to me to tell me that i could get some exclusive merch I don't know what happened. I'm not even a little bit mad about it. It's okay. <laughs> you, you've joined her legion, legions of fans, man. Yeah. The an I don't know if I'm more pro Taylor Swift or just anti Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know where I am at this point. <laughs> I, I saw a pretty funny meme about that. I showed Mark at the Extra Life. Um, it's the, the Breaking Bad. Oh, not the Breaking Bad. The Mad Men if or the Mad Men meme when he's in the <laughs> elevator. Not great, Bob. <laughs> No, no, no. And he uh, was like, I feel so bad for you. Like, I don't think about you at all. And <laughs> it's, I wonder if that's the case. You know, like everyone is like, oh, you know, fuck Jake Gyllenhaal, fuck Jake Gyllenhaal. And Gyllenhaal's just, okay, cool. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think about this. Or maybe it's tearing him apart inside. It, it's one or the other, right? Uh, maybe just like shut his phone off for yeah. the weekend. <laughs> yeah, let, let it, this too shall pass. <laughs> yeah, he still looks like Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't feel bad for him one second. Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, you're still you're still a very good-looking person making tons of money. I think he'll survive. Oh, Swifties, I don't know, man. Who's worse, Swifties or the Beehive? I wouldn't want to get on either of their bad bad sides, but um, people are very vicious. Yeah, well, hey, you gotta reap what you sow, right? I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, that's all we watched this week. Did we want to just say like a quick thank you to everybody who helped us out with the the extra life? Um, we smashed our goal first yeah. time. We really just like obliterated our goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you, if you don't know, we did our extra life marathon. Twenty four hours started on Saturday nine a.m. Eastern Standard Time and went into nine a.m. Sunday morning. And we raised uh, money for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Our original goal was a thousand dollars. And we went into the day about six, uh, about three hundred dollars, three something short, three forty-five, I think it was something like that. And uh, we made that by noon. We broke our uh, our goal by by twelve o'clock on Saturday, and then uh, uh, we made about seven hundred more dollars throughout the week, throughout yep. the day. Yep. Um, so we're about like seventeen ninety-five, I think, for something at. like that. Yeah. Um, guy from work being the last donation. Um, so thank you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, so we uh yeah, we're getting close to that $2000 uh 
the third um, goal that we put out there. So you have till the end of the year um, to donate. Um, the link is tinyurl.com uh, slash markhatesart. Um, we're going to be doing another stream, not a 24-hour stream, probably somewhere between four to six hours um, near the holidays, probably just playing through some Jackbox and things like that, and essentially just bullshitting um, uh, to try and uh, do the final push to get over that 2,000 or to the 2,500 if we made it by that point. Um, or it'll just be a big, giant thank you party for everybody that got us to where we were. Um, so uh, either way, look forward to that stream. Um, we always stream over at twitch.tv slash gameballpod. Great. Yeah. Um, it was it was very fun, very successful. Good time, even though it, it was tough. But we made it through, and we're almost all fully recovered. So we're going to take a quick break, and you guys are just going to listen to some ads so we can pay those bills, and we'll be right back. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie, and this week was my pick. So I don't know if I've ever seen this movie. I think I have. But I am a sucker for early to mid-90s, low-budget, terrible, family-friendly films. I think we watched Invisible Dad, which is very similar in terms of the production values, and also the director actually has a cameo in this movie, Fred Olin Ray. I think these guys were buddies, him and Jim Wynarski, the director, um, because Jim Wynarski is also one of those guys that has done everything from shitty Christmas movies to shitty kids movies to Skinamax films. Nice, that's the progression. So probably just like, <laughs> yeah, the same. The, the guys have the same trajectory. But this week's movie is Munchie. And apparently it's a sequel to the movie called Munchies, which I think was more of a Gremlins ripoff uh, as opposed to an E.T. ripoff, which I guess I would call Munchie. Yeah, but, question for you. Yeah. Could we have seen Munchies first before seeing this? I don't think it would have mattered. No. Okay. I don't think Dom DeLuise's character Munchie is in that. Okay. So it's like yeah. Troll and Troll 2, how they have nothing in common, right? Yeah, it's a very loose sequel, as uh, I think IMDb said. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't remember if I've seen it. Uh, I do... I, I have heard of it before, but... There is no uh, nostalgia goggles on this for me, but I wanted to get your guys' opinion. Where are you guys coming from with Munchie? Uh, there hasn't been a film that we've reviewed that has deserved the saying more than, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Because <laughs> they tried and failed on, on almost every level in this movie. Um, holy shit, dude. But I didn't... I, most of the time with these movies, I don't know what I'm getting into. Nothing could have prepared me for what this movie was. <laughs> Nothing at all. Uh, I think it's going one way where Munchie's like a magical genie, and he's more like the cat in the hat, where he's just a huge douchebag. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, the the animatronic is Chuck E. Cheese level terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and bad. Just straight bad. up bad. Yeah. yeah. It, just, it only has they could certain not sink. They couldn't sink the mouth. Yeah, they couldn't yeah. sink the mouth when he was singing a song. Yeah, it, it the hands move a little bit and the mouth barely move. Uh, <laughs> it's your birthday. It's your birthday. Um, yeah, that was bad. Uh, it, there was something where the main character, the kid, I thought it was going to be sort of a Christmas story kind of movie where his overactive imagination has him going into these different scenarios. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but they dumped that fairly early. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't, you know, I didn't quite understand that. But, oh man, this is. Uh... And then they ruined Jennifer Love Hewitt. They called her Love Hewitt. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's her own biggest... fault. Yeah, she was just too young. She didn't know any better. I wonder why. <laughs> why would you go by Love Hewitt? I don't know. Maybe she didn't want to go by Jennifer. Maybe she. Maybe there's a, someone named Jennifer Hewitt in SAG that she couldn't go by, and then she's like, oh, maybe. she didn't. She love Jennifer Love Hewitt. But so she's like, oh, she do love Hewitt. I don't know. Okay. She's an impressionable kid. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's uh, yeah. I this movie was it. It if I had three arms, I'd give it three thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. What about you? Uh, so again, it seems like just like Ant, it seems like a movie from that time frame that I would have seen. Um, just because a family member would have been like, this looks like a kid's movie. Let's put it on to keep the kids quiet. Um, and I can't see anybody enjoying this movie past the age of 12, like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the jokes don't land. There's no like story arc or redemption or anything in these, like in normally these types of movies, like, you know, the kid gets what he wished for, but something happens and he learns a lesson from it and, and it comes back and still gets the girl in the end. But Basically, Munchie's a dick. The kid doesn't really learn anything, and he still kind of gets the girl in the end. I don't know mm-hmm. um, how that happens, but um, I thought they were going to do a whole thing where her father and his mother were going to get together, and it was going to be some weird thing like, "Ah, oh, well, I didn't get the girl, but I will. She's my sister now." Oh um, yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, I think it's. I think this this sets it up that that both of those is going to happen. There's no yeah. reason for for. Andrea and her dad to be at that airport if her and yeah. her, or her dad and Gage's mom are not fucking yeah. at that point. Yeah. I, I had That's written true. down in my notes, stepbrother, what are you doing? Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the the one thing I will say, the I think this was our first movie. Yep. Um uh so it it's always amazing to me with with some actors at any point in their career, you can look you can watch them and go, Oh, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. like you can see what the casting directors saw in her, you know, as she was, you know, starting her career. And, you know, especially that early on, it's like, all right, we can try and train the lines, but, you know, um, it, it was just, okay, she's the one that sticks out in the movie. Um, and as much as they uh, tried to make this kid some kind of lovable goofball, I just, I didn't like Gage at all. Um, he just, he never seemed to, I guess it's because he didn't change at all. <laughs> he was the yeah. same person. Um, I think is why I didn't like him. And there were definitely some, they were going for Doc Brown vibes with that professor, but it yeah. came off a little bit as grooming um, <laughs> in some instances. Um, yeah. So By yeah. a possible I, Nazi professor? Exactly. <laughs> right? The, the age matches up that uh, exactly. Professor Crookshanks might be a, uh, a hiding out in this town. <laughs> He was, or, he or was performing comedy. He was um, performing some uh, uh, some experiments. You think? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, why was he building a jeep? Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, everybody like in this movie was um some kind of terrible thing for a child like that. The the guy that she uh, Lonnie Anderson's character was dating. Um, apparently we didn't find out to the end. They've only been dating for like two months. And he was going to propose to her. Seemed like he definitely beat kids in the past. Um, oh, yeah. No, he, 
he threatens to uh yeah. to use some corporal punishment. And I bet Dan was happy to see the main villain in the movie be the guy that was experimenting on animals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he he had the, the, the mustache of an evil person too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a dead giveaway. I really wished he was being played by Tom Skerritt. That would be <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, essentially that whole movie was was definitely there were multiple scenes in this movie that I could see, you know, um, General Hewitt's agent just cutting out to make sure none of the other creepy stuff is in there. You know, no munchie, no gauge, and just go, here, hire her. <laughs> there, there was a, a scene, I don't know if you guys picked up on this or saw it, uh, the house party scene. Yeah. There's some guy there. I don't know. He he looks he, he looked very skeezy. He looked like he was kind of checking out Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> Like he he had the sunglasses on inside. Oh and yeah, kind of like pulls them down. Like oh hey now what do we got here? <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe that's Fred Olin Ray. I believe that's the uh, the other director. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Um, I think. I won't this movie. Yeah, I think he's just he's supposed to be checking out the dancing that they're All doing. Right, I bet. Her engage. Yeah, I mean this. I mean this movie is a play uh, a uh, penthouse pet in it. Um, which is interesting yeah. for a movie directed towards children. Monique Gabrielle, <laughs> who plays a secretary. Um, also, she uh, is a very influential uh, in the movie Bachelor Party because she gets naked and it looks pretty great. Um, <laughs> Two thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> Two thumbs way up. Yeah, it, <laughs> again, like Mark alluded to, you know, th- there's a lot of scenarios where children are put into very precarious situations you know it's uh you have a house party with under like possible underage drinking and munchie's responsible for that Uh, (laughs) yeah that's a rager there i think he i think he calls in some prostitutes too right insinuation of that as jack nicholson right yeah exactly jack nicholson flying some girls he says, yeah. as Jack. And, and that kind of makes Jack Nicholson look bad, right? He, uh, I mean, he has to he's... call in prostitutes. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's not the first time. You don't think Jack Nicholson in his entire life has never slept, has ever slept with a prostitute? You are, you are a sweet summer child. <laughs> I don't know if he's had to like make special calls. For, maybe he has. I don't know, Jack Nicholson. Uh, you don't think well, he's got a guy? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Everyone has a guy. <laughs> they have their drug guy and their prostitute guy. Everybody knows that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Jack, as much as I love him as an actor, uh, if you told me he was a slime ball, um, I would not be surprised. Man, this is just destroying. It's I I, I always thought of him as very uh, you know d- by the books kind of guy. I I, I doubt it. <laughs> you might be right. I just I just don't think you you succeed and be it like an A-lister in seventies Hollywood without like without a very big closet full of skeletons. <laughs> uh, you know I really hope that doesn't come out because that would yeah. just ruin everything. I feel like I, I feel like everybody has just kind of accepted that he was probably a creep, right? You think so? It's like oh yeah, like if you like everybody's on that same page. Like yeah, of course Jack Nicholson's a creep. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love the fact that this movie doesn't have any sort of arc to it. Like, what is the point of this movie? This kid comes in and sure Munchie kind of I guess saves the day through really the worst ideas ever. Yeah. But 
no one learned a lesson. Munchie's just off to his next adventure in the lost uh, lost city of Akinmara or whatever it was called. It's just really weird. Um, what was the lesson that was supposed to be learned? There is nothing. It's like yeah, he doesn't stand. He doesn't. He punches out the one bully, but he doesn't. It, that's not the end. That's not the the final revelation of like I need to st- learn to stand up for myself. I, right. I completely forgot about that. That the coach comes in afterwards and goes, "We all know that kid's a dickhead." <laughs> yeah. So, but we were all have watching. The finding out about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody was watching that whole scene, which was so weird that it was like creepy, it seemed like right? it was completely empty. And then he punches yeah. that kid, and they're like, "Oh yeah." I can kind of see. Maybe the coach holds everybody back. Like, I want to see how this plays out. Yeah. I want, I want to see if Gage gets his ass kicked or not. Yeah, there's, but there's like, yeah. it should have been like, he gets shit on in the first act, right? And then mm, yeah. second act is Munchie trying to help him, working in a way, but it it's causing more problems than it's solving. And then at right. the end, the third act is when he decides, all right, now it's my turn to stand up for myself. And mm. and I learned that lesson. That's my lesson. I need to learn how to stand up for myself. So he he bests the bullies in some way, and then the eventual end is that he bests Elliot. And really, here Elliot's the one that gets his comeuppance, but it's not through anything Gage does. Gage is very passive in this movie, yeah. and he's not a hero. Sorry, Gage, you're going nope. with the. Uh, uh, Stella Star in uh, that one movie, uh, Star Crash. Very passive hero. Yeah, very just very bland. Uh, he blends into the background in a way. You know, yeah. he really just flies under the radar as a main character in a movie. Yeah, yeah like I'm, Ashton I'm said, here. he was a dweeb. Dweeb. I wish people would do that, more, like say that more often. Dweeb. <laughs> Never hear that anymore. Yeah. So Munchie from 1992 is directed by Jim Warnarski, and we've through, we've watched another Jim Warnarski movie by the name of Chopping Mall. Stars Lonnie Anderson, Andrew Stevens, Jamie McKinnon, Artie Johnson, Dom DeLuise, Tony Naples, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Monique Gabrielle, John Henry Richardson, Fred Olin Ray, and George Buckflower, the homeless guy from Back to the Future, plays a homeless guy in this movie. Uh, I'm sure he's school. not just homeless. Uh, I think every single movie he is in, he plays a homeless guy. And there are quite a few. His IMDb yeah. score of 3.9, and no Rotten Tomatoes score except for 40% audience. And I could not get a budget or box office, but I can assure you it was produced by Roger Corman, so that budget was super low. That's it. You guys want to get into the plot? Uh, yeah, why not? Let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, Dan, what do you got for us? Okay, so I'm going to give a shout out to our friends Tia and Brittany and their new show, Coffee Break with Tia. It's on Geek Vibes Nation, so go to gvnation.com, search Coffee Break, and uh, that'll pop right up. It's Tia and her friend Brittany shooting the shit, doing what good friends do, hanging out, having a good time, discussing movies and TV. Uh, They're awesome people. They are so funny. It's good to hang out with them. I'm I'm hoping to be back on their show soon. I've I've done it once before. I had a lot of fun. So go check them out again, gvnation.com. You could also follow both of them on Twitter. Tia is TC underscore Stark, and Brittany is Itty Bitty Brit. So check them out. Great. And we are going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to list some messages from friends of the podcast, and we will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. 
Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoGuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and Parlay Points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked your ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back now to get into plot four, Munchie. We open on a guy in a pickup truck getting chased by the police as a box he has on the passenger side talks to him, sounding an awful lot like Dom DeLuise. After some car crashes, the guy evades the cops and drives all night into the country as the thing in the box tries to talk some sense into him. After evading more police, the guy in the truck makes it to a literal bottomless pit, according to the sign, and then tosses the box into it and celebrates through, yeah. hey, like, good. Uh, there's two things about this part. One, is this, like, how Munchies ends? And this is, like, a continuation of that? Um, or can we assume that this guy is, um... Gage's father. Uh, I don't think so because this scene takes place in the 1970s. Okay. So I don't think that math would add up. Uh, I would like to know what happened to Gage's dad. I guess he was a real piece of shit. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> by all accounts. Besides, he just Gage. didn't want to be your dad. Isn't that what she yeah. says to me? Yeah, he just didn't want to be your dad. More or less, that's what Elliot says. He's just like <laughs> he just he just had it with you guys. It's over. At it. Yeah. If I if if Gage were my kid, I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. I, I'm a head out. <laughs> I I'm gonna head out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dom DeLuise is not in Munchies, so I don't yeah. think so. Okay. So yeah, but Harvey Corman is on yeah. as we record this on Life Day. Uh, Harvey nice. Corman from Star Wars Christmas special or holiday special, as well as the dad from Pete and Pete. Oh, there you go, Don there Wrigley. You go. There you go. There you go. Uh, then we get some chattering teeth toys as we get credits. And then we then open on an elementary school in present day, uh, meaning 1982. Weirdest opening to a movie. It took forever, With the chattering too. teeth. Chattering teeth, yeah. Yeah. Not really pertaining to this movie. Movie at all. Nope. Yeah. Uh, elementary school classroom as the teacher tries to teach fractions. And our hero kid in a jean jacket stares creepily at his crush, Andrea. Played by Jennifer Love he Hewitt in her first role. Our hero kid Gage fantasizes about getting an award in front of his crush and then is snapped back to re reality when his teacher calls on him. Oh, there goes gravity. Um, the bell rings and the class leaves, but the teacher tells him to wait behind so she could talk to him about him constantly missing homework assignments. Apparently, his he's relatively new to town, but he's been slacking on the homework for more than two months at this point. So he brushes her off and she tries to 
reach out and help him, but he's not all, not taking any advice. So at lunch, Gage grabs some lunch and then looks for a place to sit. He sees Andrea and he sits down with her, uh, who's sitting down with her boyfriend, who is a dick, and his friend, who is also a dick. Andrea's boyfriend, Ashton, tells Gage that he can't sit there on account of him being a dweeb. And then Andrea storms off because she doesn't like her boyfriend talking like that. And then her boyfriend tells his lackey, Leon, to show Gage where he can eat his lunch. If, so if I didn't know exactly when this movie came out, I would have sworn that was the older brother on Wonder Years. Oh, yeah, he kind of looked a little like him. Yeah. He just has that jerk sort of rich kid look to him. Yeah. Uh, so Leon takes the lunch tray from Gage and throws it towards the door. And the vice principal at that exact moment walks in and gets food all over him. And he winds up blaming Gage for it because it's his tray. And the vice principal threatens Gage with a suspension if infractions like these continue. Can I be honest? Yeah. There's 0% chance that the principal didn't see who actually threw that, right? Yeah. He walked in immediately, and the, then the kid stood up and threw it. Yeah. It, it wasn't just like he he turned and then hit him. Yeah, but the uh, kid who threw it was the uh, star football player, so true we do find out about that later he's... yeah so he why is he the star football player and not the the uh the preppy kid right because he's uh, the actor yeah he's the he's a lover not a fighter yeah okay because uh, ashton don't get his hands dirty lackey, right ashton go, don't get his hands dirty he's very he's got the sweater around yep. yeah and he had both the genesis and super nintendo that's why <laughs> that's why the lackey was around yeah I also feel like uh, middle school football, <laughs> who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Essentially, the coach was... Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Like, hey, Gage, I saw you punch our quarterback. Do you want to come out and possibly be the quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you a story real quick that add, like that totally adds up no. to that? Please, please let me tell you a story. <laughs> uh, when I was in, I think I was a freshman in high school, I was playing basketball in gym. I made two layups in a row. Two layups in a row. Pretty pretty great, right? Yeah. For athletic. The, the uh, gym teacher, who was the high, high school football coach, asked me, like, oh, like, you look pretty good. Do you want to try out for football? 
I, I, I made two layups in a game that has nothing to do with football. It's the complete <laughs> opposite sport. It doesn't correlate. Was, was your football team terrible? We were okay, but okay. it's just like, hey, nice, uh, nice jump shot. You should be a boxer. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that, that, yeah, because that question uh, screams to me. Oh, that kid kind of looks athletic. I need as many of those people on my team as possible. Maybe <laughs> my that's team is awful. Was. He's just he's just throwing bodies at the problem that is the high school football team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe this kid's the one. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, after school, Gage walks home and hears an explosion as he walks past Professor Crookshank's house as the professor tries to work on his Jeep. I guess this is a Marty slash Doc Brown sort of relationship, but with the possibility of Doc Brown being a former Nazi. They talk, and then they see Gage's mom's boyfriend pull up outside Gage's house, and Professor Crookshank badmouths him a bit, telling Gage that he does experiments on animals. It's weird that it's, like, small... Like... This is like a college town, apparently. We never yeah. go to the college, but like the mom, Elliot, and Professor Kirkshank all work at this co- this fictional college that we yeah. never see. It's just a weird plot point that I don't feel like we explored <laughs> enough. Like yeah. they should, like he should have been able to take uh, Munchie. Should he should have stole Munchie and brought him to the the this college and like he winds up in a cage. And the third act is them trying to rescue him from this experiment the lab that's the end of this movie and that would make more sense about all the college stuff like the mom helps and she's like well i got a a key card too boom so she helps them get in that would make more sense of why she has to work at the school at the college she she distracts the the guy who stole munchie by like coming on to him right like oh you know i i thought about your proposal and uh Oh, you know, I think I might have changed my mind. Like, ooh, I dropped something. Oh, let me get that for you. And then they, she like waves them over. To, yeah, you know, sneak them through. And how did I miss this? I know. I I think we are better writers than the people that wrote Munchie. Surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would agree. Not the not A tier writers for this movie because we're like <laughs> C tier at best. Best. Yeah, I think that's being generous. Yeah, but that would have worked because Lonnie Anderson's right. Lo- Lonnie Anderson's looking good in this movie. Not bad, not bad at all. Yeah. How old? The hot mom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think she's a and she's a pretty decent mother. You know, she cares yeah. about her her shitty yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. She like she tells she basically tells Elliot, don't don't fucking talk to my kid like that. Don't try and yeah. parent my fucking kid. I will parent my kid. Yeah, usually in in those types of movies, you know, she doesn't see. The error of her ways until third yeah. act. No, she don't. Uh, she don't suffer any fools in this movie for sure, and it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, because El- every time Elliot tries to badmouth Gage, she just shuts him down. Yeah, the, the only <laughs> she probably gives him too many chances, but yeah, know, it, it is what it is. You have the proposal. She's just like, because uh, he basically says like, "Well, you're not getting any younger." That's right. <laughs> and she's just like, "Oh, I we need to go home now." Right the fuck now. <laughs> what does he say? He's like uh, 30, 30 year old divorcees with a child or like a plague <laughs> upon our uh, society, essentially. It's something like that. It's like or just drain. like it's a yeah. I mean, I, I think he was just saying it's like she's no prized possession because she's a woman in her 30s, almost 40 with a uh, and divorced with a kid. Like you're not basically saying you're not getting any younger. So. Your prospects are dwindling. 
But not the same, <laughs> am I right? Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I say some stupid things, but even I know that you don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> this guy definitely, uh, I feel like he really laid it on thick with his character. But, you know, it works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, uh, he's very broad, and I think he's the guy, kind of guy that probably, you know, gets away with a lot because he's got a nice car or something like that, you know? Although he doesn't really have that nice of a car. Very prestigious, apparently, in the, in yeah. the community. Yeah. Yeah, is he head of research or something? He's got a college job, so he's probably pulling down six figures regardless of what it is. So. so Gage goes home and talks to his mom and her boyfriend, Elliot. Elliot tells Gage that his dad doesn't love him and that he wants him to try out <laughs> for the football team because it will help him learn some valuable life skills, completely not reading the room and the fact that Gage is a dweeb. <laughs> and then Gage's mom changes the subject and gets Gage to take some groceries into the house so Elliot and the mom can talk about Gage's relationship with Professor Crookshank and make out in broad daylight like a couple of divorcees. And Gage fantasizes about dying and having a funeral with Angus Scrim from Phantasm as the Undertaker. In his daydreaming, Gage winds up walking into... Oh, we should talk about that this is kind of a ripoff of a Christmas story when he pretend, he imagines himself being struck blind. Yeah, yeah. basically the same scene. Yeah, and that's what I thought this was going to be like. like yeah. Anytime he found himself in a weird situation, he would imagine oh, what are the consequences going to be, and it would be very outlandish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love in the scene how when it gets to Elliot's procession up there, um, that the the worst crime Gage could think of him to do is to be uh, accused of bigamy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that would somehow get him on America's Most Wanted. Yeah. It made me laugh, though, when uh, Leon cries. Oh, yeah. goes, I threw his lunch tray and now he's dead. Dead. It is in his daydreaming gage winds up walking to an old abandoned mine and takes it upon himself to duck under a keep out sign and wanders in as soon as he does he comes across the box that sounds like dom de louise who introduces himself as munchie and convinces gage to open up the box so gage does and a creature that looks like a cross between a chihuahua and hitler jumps out and starts singing hello my baby like it's michigan j frog oh man the, the hitler mustache <laughs> i didn't even think of that and he has pyro yeah. And he scares off Gage, probably because he's seen what befalls the man in the Looney Tunes short one froggy evening, so he doesn't want any of that. So Gage runs all the way home and tries to tell his mom what he saw, but she A, is more concerned with him disappearing all day, and B, doesn't believe him. So he goes to his room, and Munchie's there watching TV in his bed. So Gage asks him how he got there, and says he's a magician, and then probably disappears when Gage's mom comes in to give Gage some leftovers. Classic Michigan J Frog behavior. So are we saying that this is a Looney Tunes ripoff? Yeah, it's kind of. Almost, to the, almost, but not quite. Gage doesn't try and sell him, but Munchie tells Gage that he could grant him any wish he wants, so Gage starts rattling off things that would make his life better, but not really taking Munchie seriously. He wants Andrea to notice him, he wants to have better grades, he wants his bullies and the vice principal to get their comeuppance, he doesn't want his mom to marry Elliot, and he wants pizza. So with a little abracadabra, Munchie starts making a pizza fly from a pizza place across town, and it gets chased by an Italian stereotype until it makes its way into Gage's kitchen. Over some slices, Munchie tells Elliot that he can make things fly, and he can mimic voices. And then he hand waves the question of, why couldn't you get out of the box if you're magical? He goes, ah, you can't do everything. <laughs> what a 
terrible combination of superpowers. <laughs> like, I can. They are very, very. Uh, they don't really have to do with each other, do they? No, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good person. Uh, impressionist is impressionist. That the word? Impressionist. Thank you. I'm good. I'm a good impressionist. I make mundane things fly. Yep. How does that help anybody? <laughs> yeah, it's like those are the two two magical things that I have. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Usually one of those complements the other one. Yeah, right. Right. It's like, you know, you're a mutant. Like Wolverine, he has the healing powers. That's his main thing. And the claws are the the add-on, not mm-hmm. the main, you know, his main power. So right. one complements the other. This one is just, uh, yeah, I can make that chair float. I could also uh, <laughs> do a nice... Gilbert Godfrey in impersonation. <laughs> I'm I'm great at prank phone calls. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, he he's the one who invented crank phone calls. I I do kind of love the fact that um he stays within the time period where he was trapped away, you know, coming out and wanting to do what a Clark Gable impression mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um because it kind of reminded me of um where in this type of movie, you could very much lose that thread in the means of making a joke. Um, because I think in one of the leprechauns, he like um, comes out of being frozen and then makes that he's been frozen for like decades and then makes like a Tiger Woods joke. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like I, I like how they kept it, you know, the, the joke being, oh, man, I got to update my material, you know, sort of thing that he hasn't absorbed, you know, time while in that box. Right. And then go I to sleep and oh good. I'm sorry. I, I, I was just saying. I guess my question here is: he's not a genie. He's not a genie. No. no. Yeah. Well, but why isn't he? That's is a good question. Not, right. That is would that be not the more logical. Yeah, that would be a more yeah more interesting movie. It's like uh, I'll give you three wishes, and then the, then he, he has one. his three wishes. Right. Yeah, but it, it would it would be like uh, structurally for a film that'd be more even that would be more interesting. It's like you give him one one wish solves it he gives it granted to him and it fucks up his life so then after that come up, after that he has to wish something else you know yeah we should go the, back uh, in t- so we should go back in time and we would true. we would pitch munchie and we would make a better we would come back and munchie is a far better movie yeah and uh yeah the professor seems to know what munchie is but never never explains it at all yeah. he nope. flips through those history books and they all have munchie in it he knew yeah. exactly just by the box. He knew yeah. exactly what was in there, and that is bullshit. I call bullshit on this already bullshit movie. Yeah, and this movie's not even that long. It's not like we're like, oh well, this is an hour and forty minute movie already. There, there are th- you could there are ten minutes of this movie you could probably add back in, and it would still be what's in an hour twenty. It's like less because the because the credits at the end, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, it's like it's probably like seventy eight minutes long. It's, it's still too long. <laughs> they then go to sleep and Gage wakes up to find that Munchie left before he woke up. And at school, Gage gets threatened by Ashton and Leon. There's a talent show that day at school and Gage is working on the stage crew. And Ashton wants to make sure that he doesn't do anything that ruins Ashton and Andrea's performance. Also, he wants to remind Gage that Andrea is Ashton's girl until he doesn't want her anymore or something to that effect. Toxic masculinity right there, man. He, yeah, I think he says something like, uh, until I'm done with her being my girl, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, essentially, um, you know, she ne- she can't break up with me. 
Yeah. Yep. Sort of thing. If we're keeping with the Looney Tunes theme, those two are definitely like Muggsy and uh, <laughs> like uh, which who was the big guy from? Um, I don't remember. Yeah. If, if I were my pal Muggsy, I hide <laughs> in the. <laughs> oh, you might, Travis. You might. Now that we've lost everyone under the age of thirty-five, you guys should watch Looney Tunes. It's great. Um, <laughs> Then, Munchie shows up at school and starts some trouble. He sneaks into the vice principal's office and uses his voice magic to imitate the vice principal so he could call the secretary into the office so he could change Gage's grades for the better in the school computer. As an added bonus, it turns out the vice principal is banging his hot secretary and they start making out right there in the office. So Munchie turns on the intercom in the office and broadcasts their heavy petting to the whole school so that Gage's teacher has to go all the way to the office to tell them that they're basically being broadcast so gage goes to get changed later for jim and munchie is in his locker then ashton shows up or leon shows up to hassle gage but munchie uses his voice mimicry to trick to trick him to act like gage and to pick a fight with leon eventually munchie hits leon in the face with a locker door drops a bucket of water on his head and then makes him slip on a bar of soap and then he uh I guess suffers from a concussion at some point and he goes to he's like talking real slow he's like man this kid needs to seek a doctor then hey, munchie amp, amps have taken a, i'm sorry to interrupt this movie could have taken a very dark turn yeah he uppercuts him he falls back hits his head on the uh on the floor <laughs> and just cracks it open yeah i would like to see like munchie have like a, a wise crack for that <laughs> like, oh hey pal you just committed a uh, manslaughter gotta go <laughs> oh man uh so then munchie amsgray is telling gage it's all up to him now so gage gives leon an uppercut leon gets yeeted into a laundry cart and then the wheels into the showers which is on for some reason then some random ass kids applaud from out of nowhere and the gym teacher is super cool about gage just leveling a star player on his football team then later at the talent show munchie shows up again to tell gage all about the great things he's done for him so far but Gage pleads with him just to stay out of trouble during the talent show. For their talent, Ashton and Andrea recite the balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet, but Munchie makes Ashton's pants split and embarrasses him in front of the whole school. Afterward, the vice principal somehow blames Gage for it as well as his own embarrassment and threatens him with an expulsion if he ever finds out he was responsible. So then Munchie reappears and Gage tell, yells at him, telling him that he's screwing his life up even more and if he really wants to help, he'll stay out of his life forever. So Gage takes the box to Professor Crookshank's house and shows him what he found. And Crookshank's tell, and he tells Crookshank's that he found a little creature in the box. And then Professor Crookshank shows Gage a book that shows drawings of Munchie throughout history and tells Gage that he would like to meet Munchie the next time Gage sees him. Again, Professor Crookshank never explains what Munchie is. Uh, I guess it doesn't matter. It really doesn't, because it's a stupid movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He makes like a side joke at some point and goes, um, I can't wait to explore this place with him because he may have started some of these civilizations. Yeah. And I'm like, is he a god? Like, <laughs> and he munchies fucking his way through history. Yep. Like, literally started those civilizations. You know what I mean? Someone... Sexually. Someone oh. absolutely would have murdered him. <laughs> right? Maybe you can't murder Munchie. Oh, maybe is he immortal? Yeah, maybe he. Yeah, well, he, maybe he, he did live in that box for like for for twenty five years or so. True. Yeah. Yeah. Someone would have had to have tried, right? I mean, 
Yeah. Let's I bet that guy in the pickup did, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a, a deleted scene of him at the beginning just, like, hanging Munchie or just, like, setting him on fire and it just doing nothing to him. Yeah. And he's just making quips as he, <laughs> as it happens. Anyone got a hot dog? God damn yeah, it, Hey, Munchie. don't leave me hanging. <laughs> oh, a little tight around the neck. Oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, it's like trying to hang an, immor- an immortal Don Rickles. <laughs> I, I wonder, I want to see what happened. Like, how did that guy get Munch? Did he just happen upon him? Or maybe we needed to see the, the first Munchies. Yeah. Again, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's related. <laughs> it's, it's the, uh, I could put the it on munchie. the list, man. You want to watch Munchies? I'll, I'll, we'll, we really. can watch Munchies. Really? <laughs> but it's the uh, the the original MCU Munchie Cinematic Universe. Yeah, there you go. So Gage goes home and his mom is setting the table for a romantic dinner with Elliot, who then shows up almost immediately and tells Gage to scram for dinner because he is going to ask his mom to marry her. Him. Try to marry uh, your mom. Yeah, trying to get, get it in kid. tonight, kid. <laughs> I like go how, play traffic. I like how Gage knows the deal too. Like, let me guess, yeah. you want me to leave? That yeah, absolutely. That is exactly what I want you to do. So Gage goes upstairs and Gage's mom continues to make dinner. Meanwhile, Munchie sets his sights on making Elliot's life hell. He shakes up the bottle of champagne, changes the music to Sousa marches, turns the dimmer lights all the way up, pulls his pulls Elliot's chair out from under him, steals his wallet, and lights his shoes on fire. All of this happens while Elliot attempts to propose. When his foot catches fire, Elliot blames Gage for all the shenanigans and he yells at Gage, which, which his mother does not appreciate at all. But then he apologizes to her and tells her he wants to take her out to dinner. So they leave and Munchie comes back and tells Gage that they should throw a party to get Gage feeling happy again. I did not expect this movie to go here. That did not seem like the natural progression of events was that he was going to throw a party. Because I don't think there was a plan other than Munchie wants to get fucked up, right? Apparently. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's not a part that's going to make that he's trying to accomplish. Is this him trying to get gage and andrea together is that his is that part of the plan that's what he's trying to solve at this moment i think so right because that was one of his wishes right he he wanted right her to know that he existed right but he goes through and throws an actual party he could have just pretended like like he could have just called andrea as gage and was like oh we're having a party and then she just shows up i was like oh well, i guess no one else came he actually goes through the full the whole bringing prostitutes flying them in as Jack Nicholson. Um, yeah. Kind of went above I, and beyond on this one there, Munchie. I actually thought the party was going to be with people his age, like a normal right? That's party. also weird, yeah. It is weird that he invites a his love interest to a party where they're the only ones that are not 21. With her dad. Her dad is there. She brings and, her dad. And the dad is cool with it. He walks into the house, sees a rager going on, and doesn't go, nope, and... Make Jennifer love you at home. He goes, oh, hey, nice to meet you. This is a pretty fucking rad party. Yep. <laughs> so Gage tells him no. He doesn't want him to throw him a party. He just kind of wants to be left alone and go upstairs and listen to his music and read his art books. But Munchie doesn't listen and goes about to throw a big-ass party. He may even have ordered some call girls. In no time, Gage comes downstairs to find a whole bunch of adults in the house drinking and having a good time, including the vice principal and his secretary. And Andrea comes with her father at dinner. <laughs> Elliot's proposal sounds more like a business proposal and is quite insulting to Gage's mom. So she wants to leave immediately. 
and then he realizes that he doesn't have his wallet with him so she has to pay as well as get uh humiliated or you know made fun of basically for being a woman in her almost 40s that is divorced needing to pay for dinner yeah back at the party everyone's getting wild including munchie who's getting shit faced with everyone else Andrea and Gage go out and talk on the swings, and Andrea mentions that her mom passed away, making her dad single. How convenient. Hey. Professor Crookshank comes over to tell Gage about his grant that it came through, and now he gets to go to the lost city of whatever. And then they decide to celebrate at the party. Lost city of Zinj. Yep, and then so, he ends up with two ladies at the party. Yeah, he's having a grand old time. Uh, Elliot and Gage's mom come home to the party, and she clears the party out. After everyone is gone, Gage's mom tells him he's going to have to clean up the whole party by himself. And then Elliot tells her that he deserves a beating because she turned him into a mama's boy. And she tells him it ain't any of his fucking business and tells him yeah. to go home. And for some reason, Andrea and her father are still here, by the way. Yeah, yeah. They're not like helping clean up. They're just kind of standing around waiting for someone to tell them to go through the front door. Do something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then they hear her snoring and Elliot goes to investigate. And sees Munchie sleeping behind the couch, so she he shoves Munchie in a garbage bag and plans to bring him into the college to be studied. It tries to leave with Munchie, but everyone teams up to take Munchie back and Gage and the professor make a run for it, taking Professor Cruikshank's Jeep and starting a chase with Elliot. Gage's mom, Andrea, and her dad follow further behind. This has to be the car chase with the three shittiest cars in it ever <laughs> on film. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand what this Jeep is, but it's a choice, I suppose. <laughs> so a car chase ensues as Elliot tries to run them off the road and Munchie takes the wheel of the Jeep and starts to drive. Then he gets the idea of making the car fly in order to get away from Elliot, which he does. And Elliot winds up crashing his car into a coffee shop because he was distracted by the sight of them flying away. And he promptly gets arrested because, of course, there are two cops eating donuts in the coffee shop. And he still doesn't have his wallet with him, so he has no ID. The cops arrest him because they think he's drunk because he smells like beer because they sprayed him with it in order to try and get Munchie away from him. And as they try to take him away, Gage's mom drives past and he pleads with her to tell her that he's tell the cops that he's fine. But she says she's never seen this man before in her life. Then the Jeep continues to fly and we do the obligatory E.T. shot past the moon. A second movie in a row that we did that. Uh, eventually, the Jeep lands and Professor Crookshanks apparently knows the cops and they chat real quick before they drive off. And then we flash forward to the airport as Munchie and the Professor get ready to board the, an airplane for the lost city of Armancana. And apparently, Elliot is currently serving a prison <laughs> sentence. <laughs> and then the pilots, after they get on, uh, the pilots of the plane are unable to get on the plane because they've already started taxiing. And sure enough, Munchie and the professor have hijacked the airplane and are flying the plane on their own. And that is the end of Munchie. We figured out how to make this movie a hundred times better. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We, we didn't even need to do it on this part of the podcast. Yeah. We just, we just did it throughout. Yeah. It's just understanding what makes a movie a movie and then just <laughs> applying that idea to this movie. You know, basics. Yep. Very basic stuff. We probably ripped off plenty of movies, but it's like, this movie cho chose not to do that kind of stuff. It's yeah, like, where's it's the such, lesson? It's, it's such a simple concept. Right? I mean, it practically, it, it writes itself where the young kid, the young kid's getting bullied, finds this mystical creature, can solve everything for him. And, you know, obviously things go awry. Uh, hijinks ensue and the kid kind of, you know, kid learns a lesson that you can't take the easy way out. 
He makes right. a friend along the way, or, you know, he gets the girl, whatever. Man, this was just like, let's just let Dom DeLuise talk for an hour and 20 minutes and see yeah. where it takes us. Yeah, it's like, there's just so many, like, he's a kid, and then what, or if like, what if he's a genie, but he's a bad genie? So he's not doing these things maliciously. He's sol- He's trying to solve problems, and they're just not working out. So he's right. getting down on himself and stuff like that. And then... Then they get he gets captured, and then it's up to their family to, to come together and and break him out. There's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of things they could have done to solve the issues that we have with this movie, but uh, I don't think anybody really cared. No. What was the uh, what was the other movie we watched with the alien um, Max and me? Mac and me. Mac, Mac and, and me. me. So who looked worse, Mac or Munchie? Munchie. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's it's close though, right? It is a little close. It's pretty close. Mac looks like he's in co- in a constant state of shock. His eyes yeah. are always bulging out, and he's got that like butthole mouth. Yeah, there. It's really close. At least, I mean, yeah, I I think he got that. But Munchie is just like terrifying. He kind of looks like Hitler, so I gotta go with that. <laughs> Why did they give him hair? <laughs> right? Why did they give him hair? I don't know. Yeah, it's very jarring when he first pops out. <laughs> it's jarring and just hilariously terrible yeah i don't think the uh the director of the bear wench project really uh cared <laughs> that's such classics busty co-eds versus the lusty cheerleaders do you think there's an easter egg where munchie shows up in one of those that'd be great oh my god that would be fantastic he's just in the background yeah that'd be quite good yeah, uh, yeah. i'm just looking at i'm just looking at all his uh scared topless Shark babes, sexapede with exclamation point. Shark babes. Now that's shark, confusing. Shark babes. Are, are the sharks hot? I don't know. Let's see. Or are they? Are they like babes? Do they hunt sharks? Sharks are being tracked by a team of beautiful busty ladies okay. using a satellite and control station. Who's in it? Anybody? Aubrey Adams, Bridget B. Kind of like C tier porn stars here. Okay. I was gonna say that could be that could have gone either way. Like the the sharks are are hot babes. And yeah. I'm kind of glad it didn't go that way though. I guess <laughs> I don't want that to be, awaken in me. Um. Yeah. What a weird movie this was. Just again, just zeros across the board. If you ask me. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Yeah. No, nothing redeeming. Nope. Jennifer yeah. Love Hewitt is in it. And I love Jennifer Love Hewitt. Right. But she's like twelve. Well, so. right, not uh, listen, not right now. I don't love her. At yeah, that yeah, point. yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not accusing you. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's not even like. It's not even like you feel good about. It. Oh yeah, Jennifer Love Hughes in this. I could just watch this because it's like, no, oh, she's she's twelve. Yeah. So, all right, what do you guys say? We plug our shit so we can get out of here. Yeah, uh, I'm again. I just want to say thank you to everybody who uh, helped us out with our extra life campaign and made it such a great success um you know couldn't have done it without you we had a lot of fun thank you to you guys as well uh mark anthony uh, jen tom our friend jonathan who joined us uh we had a lot of fun and you know it, it's not easy staying up for 24 hours straight but with you guys i, I always look forward to it it's, it's awesome uh you could still donate by the way, if you're out there, so if the if the link works, it's tinyurl.com backslash Mark Hates Art. Um, help yeah. us reach our stretch goal. Help the kids out and have another stream for it. Uh, yeah, that's all. I, I just wanted to say thank you. Great. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, so uh, our podcast coming up this will be one of the last few times I get to say this, but uh, we have Stranger Damies, our D&D podcast, um, airs every other Wednesday. We have three final episodes because if you did not listen to Talking to Strangers or watch the live uh, session during the Extra Life stream, um, the podcast is coming to a close after uh, the final episodes from the uh, live stream. Um, so we've been doing this for about four years. Um, almost to the day by the time the uh, final episode goes up. Um, so we thank everyone out there who's been along for the ride. I thank my players for uh, coming along with the journey. But we do have three more episodes, um, so feel free to listen to those. And then we'll be updating you on Instagram um, at Stranger Damies and on Twitter at Stranger Damies um, with uh, campaign updates. We'll do some talking to strangers to catch you guys up. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be different, but but fun, and, and I hope, um, uh, without something slightly selfish here, a little more fulfilling for the players at the table um, on, at the unfortunate sacrifice of no longer joining the podcast. Um, but uh, we can always bring it back. We'll just say it's on hiatus, not ending. That might be the easier way to call it. Um, we have our gaming podcast, uh, the Game Ball Podcast. It airs every Monday, every other Monday. Um, you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on all socials at Game Ball Pod. Um, and then we stream uh, three nights a week, um, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, we have a different theme for each night. Monday is uh, Tom's RPG streams. Wednesday, we get together and play a multiplayer game. And then me and uh, a partner, um, right now it is currently Jen, will play through a co-op game on Thursdays. So once again, that's over at twitch.tv uh, slash Pod. That was also where the uh, Extra Life uh stream is i believe you can watch i don't think we locked it under subscription to watch the uh divide so uh be sure to check that out if you want to for some reason watch through that train wreck um we're gonna have it split up by game onto youtube at some point so that might be the easiest way to digest it but um yeah make sure you like share and subscribe all that good stuff um over there and um speaking of extra life um, as Dan said, you can still donate. You have until December 31st, and we'll be doing another stream um, at the end sometime in December um, as a final push towards 2000 or 2500 depending on where we are at that point. Yeah, so we thank you all again for donating, and um, yeah, be sure to just keep an eye on, on all of our Twitters um, for updates about that final push stream. Okay, great. And we are They Called This Movie. You can find us on Spreaker just by searching They Called This Movie. We're also available on all podcast streaming apps just by searching They Called This Movie. So Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, that's where we'll be. We're the mainname.com. That's our main website. You can find us on all socials by searching The Main Damey. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search The Main Damey and we'll pop right up. Also proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. Find them at juvienation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, there's surely a show for you. We are on TikTok on there. They call us movie. We're posting some stuff from the uh, Extra Life stream. So you can check out a couple of things there. We post some clips from the show is there there as well. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you got a movie you want to suggest to us, you want to talk, talk to us about something else, hit us up at the main name at gmail.com. And if you want, if you have time, please go on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Let's going to wrap this up this week. 
the director of Munchie was Jim Warnarski. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Jim Warnarski, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? <laughs>